Start creating content. Obviously, you need the landing pages, but blogging is also super important for SEO. If you just put up the landing pages and put up the website and you don't do anything with that, that doesn't do anything to build yourself as an authority in your industry. Learn modern marketing that you can use to grow your business in today's competitive landscape. This is Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. Welcome to Digital Marketing Masters. I'm your host, Matt Rouse. And in season four, we're talking to authors. And my author today is Allison Verhalen. Did I get it right? Yes, you did. Nice. How are you today? I'm well. How are you? I am doing fabulous. It's a beautiful day here in Nova Scotia. My chickens are out pecking around in the garden while my wife's planting flowers. So it's a a nice day to to be inside working. Nice. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But uh, let me read your bio. So you're a content marketer, SEO strategist, speaker, and author. Followed her love of writing and turned it into a career for helping others tell their stories. And your book is Content Marketing Made Easy. And I wanted to ask you, uh, because I kind of, I know a little bit of the story in advance, but I wanted to ask you, why did you write your book? So I came into content marketing from the writing side. I majored in English and psychology, which I always say is the perfect degree for content marketing. Had no idea what content marketing was, completely fell into it when a family friend asked me to start writing blog posts for his law firm. And it just kind of took off from there. And if you had told me at that point that I would need to learn SEO in order to continue doing this as a career, I probably would have been too scared to even try and would have backed off and done something else. But the more I got into it, the more I realized that you have to know SEO in order to do blogging and vice versa. So it just kind of naturally grew from what I was already doing. And I found that it was actually much more accessible than I think a lot of people assume that it is. A lot of people hear SEO, some people hear blogging. Obviously, I was thrilled to do blogging, but there are people out there who don't like writing, who don't want to blog, who find it all very overwhelming. And I I really wanted to portray it as something that is accessible, that everyone can do, at, at least to a certain extent. You have to, You don't have to get into all the data and all the stuff that I do, but you can implement some of the basics of SEO and get results from it without being a super nerdy numbers person or SEO person, regardless of what you do. I really believe that it can, it can be easy to, to do content marketing. So that's really where the title came from and where the book came from. And so when people think of content marketing, I think they generally assume blogging is content marketing, but I mean, content is a pretty broad term nowadays. I was just at Creator Economy Expo and they called everyone there content creators. And they could be podcasters, you know, people who make video, people who do live streaming, you know, all of the things, right? Travel bloggers and writers and people who write books, authors, that kind of stuff. So as it works for business, Kind of how would you define content marketing for businesses? Yeah, it, it is all of those things. It is the video, the writing, the audio, the visuals. I define content marketing as anytime you are creating content to market your business because you could be 
creating like an owner's manual for a product that you serve, or you could be creating a, a, you know, an employee handbook that's content for your business, but it's not marketing content. So anytime you are trying to get the word out about your business, educate people on who you are, what you do and how you can help them, that is content marketing. And yes, it can take the form of blog posts, books, podcasts, videos, all of the above. I personally only work on the written aspect. So I do a lot of the blog posts, the books, the website landing pages, but I absolutely recommend that my clients get into the other aspects of content marketing as well. The, the video, the visuals, all of that good stuff. So that, and if they do need that, I, I was, like I said, I don't provide that, but I, I know plenty of people who do. So if somebody wants to get into kind of dip their toe in the content marketing world, what do you think is a good starting point for them? Get a website up and running first and foremost, because I do talk to a lot of people who don't even have that. They think they can just rely on social media, but we have seen people lose their audiences with social media because. You- yeah, that's a terrible idea. I know, um, but the, that's the the reality is you don't own that audience. You don't own the content you put out on there. The social media platform owns it. So Always, always be driving people back to your website uh, and collect those email addresses, get them onto your newsletter so that you can connect with them directly, regardless of, you know, if Facebook shuts down for the day or if they change their algorithm so you can't get in front of them again. Absolutely. You know, let me tell you a quick Facebook story because I was told somebody asked this question the other day. Or if you end up in Facebook jail, that's the other thing. That's right. Facebook jail. Good Lord. Sorry, go ahead. I could tell you, we could spend our whole time just talking about the ways I've tried to get people out of Facebook jail. But so if you look at Facebook since about, you know, 2008, which is a long time, right? I mean, Facebook's been around for quite a while. Like MySpace was still a big thing then, right? I mean, they were still having MySpace concerts in 2008. But what they did was they're like, everybody get on Facebook and you can see all of your stuff from your friends. And then they're like, well, people are promoting their business instead of their personal. So we want you to make a, that separate. Right. We want you to make a business page. And then anybody who follows your page was going to see all of your stuff. And then it was eh, they're going to see some of your stuff. And then it was like, no, they're not really going to see any of your stuff. You need to pay us now to advertise this thing. And then it was like, you know what? People want to be in groups, so we want to support, quote, community, so you need to make a group. And so everybody who had a business page started making groups, and they're like, if you put stuff in your group, people are going to see all the stuff you put in your groups, right? And then it was like, well, maybe they'll see some of your stuff some of the time from your group. And then they made the group feed, and then they're like, well, now you got to advertise if you want people in the groups to see your stuff, right? And then now they're like, we want you to start making reels, Right. We want you to make short video. And if you make short video, all the people are going to see all of your stuff. Right. And it's just the same game, like the same playbook over and over and over. You know what? If you're a business, I'm not saying don't do Facebook, but I'm saying get as many people off of every social media platform as you can and into something that you own or at least have control over. Could be Telegram, Discord, definitely a mailing list, just texting list, phone list. I don't care. Get them somewhere off of those platforms. So otherwise, you're just going to get keep getting screwed and keep lining Zuckerberg's pockets. So anyway, that was kind of an aside. But 
let's get back to it. So somebody's got a website. What's their next step? Start creating content. Obviously, you need the landing pages, but blogging is also super important for SEO. If you just put up the landing pages and put up the website and you don't do anything with that, that doesn't do anything to build yourself as an authority in your industry. And it doesn't do much for your SEO. Google likes new content. It likes fresh content. It likes to see that there's still someone behind the website. It wants to make sure that people haven't just put up this website and then abandoned it. So by continually producing content, it yeah it boosts your SEO, it positions you as an authority in your industry, it gives you uh, an opportunity to show off everything that you know and the fact that you are really an expert at what you do so that when people are ready to buy, and it helps keep you top of mind so that when people are ready to buy, they know to buy from you. Right. Well, let's pretend I don't own an SEO company for a minute. And let me ask you a couple of SEO questions that I've been asked repeatedly. Why does Google care if I'm an authority? Because it wants to direct people to people who are uh, to, to content that is authoritative. Google is always trying to serve its user. So as long as you can create the content that people are looking for, Google will find a way to match you up, but you have to you have to know what you're talking about, especially if you work in something like financial services or health and nutrition, because Google really does not want to direct people to content that is going to lead people astray in those two areas. So it is super important to convince Google and convince the real life people who are coming to your website that you really know what you're talking about. So how would you convince Google that you're trustworthy? Creating content is a good one. Um, If you have any credentials, any awards, any special certificates or degrees in that specific area, you absolutely want to talk about that on your website. You can include that in like your author bio. So that goes up, you know, with every blog post that you write. You could put it up on your about page on your website. Um, And again, Google will follow those links. Even if you don't provide links, Google will, you know, read the, the content there and see that you're connected with these organizations that provide awards, certificates, degrees, whatever it is you have to position yourself as an expert. So those are always, always good ways to convince Google and to um, just continually produce content. Don't, don't stop and start, but be consistent with it. Google also likes longer content. Google likes to see people with the really long in-depth blog posts that cover everything there is to cover on a, on a given topic. That is a great way to convince Google that you're an authority. Yeah, the uh, kind of long form content is the thing that most people don't want to create, but it's also usually the most effective. And, you know, in our experience, having kind of a mixture of media in those long posts really helps as well. You know, if you can have a long post and so we have a post that's been ranking for years. So if you want to get rid of a fake Yelp review, we have one of, if not the top ranking article about that for, I don't know, eight years or something now. And it's 13 pages long. It has a video. It has a course. It has a PDF. It has a presentation in it. It has infographics. It has memes in it. Like, I mean, like every type of content we could think of. It even has a recording in it. Nice. So everything that you could think of is in there. And that Originally, we didn't have all that stuff. Originally, it was, you know, six or seven pages long and had a couple photos, but we updated it regularly over time. 
And each time we update it, it goes back to number one. So I think that's also, you know, something in, that's worth mentioning about content is that you don't have to write 100% new content. Sometimes it's good to just refresh that old stuff and slap a new coat of paint on it and change the date and make it new again. Absolutely. Yeah. And when you change the date, Google treats it just like a brand new piece of content. So that's a great way. Um, that's a, a trick that I've used when I'm too busy and don't have time to write the blog post for this week. It's like, well, what do I have in my arsenal that's evergreen that I can just slap a new date on? And like you said, new coat of paint, put it up. That's right. So here's another question I get regularly. What if my industry is super boring? Well, every industry solves a problem for people. So focus on that problem. Focus on the pain point that you're solving for them. I get this a lot because my primary people that I work with are attorneys and financial planners, and people think that is very boring, but there's always a story behind it. There's a reason that people are coming to you to solve a particular problem, and a lot of the time, it's a very dramatic story. There is a lot uh, going on and a lot that's very interesting. So focus on that pain point, and it will never be boring. Another thing I get asked pretty consistently is... Well, what is a backlink and why do I need a backlink and how would I get backlinks? That's probably, well, three questions, but. <laughs> backlinks, backlinks, backlinks. Yeah. Well, and that was something I thought about right after I finished answering your question about authority. I was like, oh, I forgot to mention backlinks. Yeah, that's an, so what a backlink is, first question, is a link to another piece of content online. So there can be internal backlinks where you are putting a link on your website to another piece of content on your website. And then there are external backlinks where you include a link on your website to another website altogether or when someone links back to your website on their website. And the reason they are important is because Google sees all of those links and Google assumes that like hangs out with like. So if you have, if you are hanging out with, you know, if you are getting links from high quality websites that Google likes that are ranking for relevant searches and they're linking to your site, that's going to make you look good. It's kind of like hanging out with the cool kids in, in high school, right? If you're hanging out with them and they're referencing stuff that you're talking about, you're going to be considered cool by association. Whereas if you have low quality content that Google does not like and they're linking to your site, Google is going to assume that you are also not high quality. And so it will actually, that could actually hurt your rankings. So that's why it's important how to get links. That could be a whole other conversation, but to try and make it brief, uh, first is to have have content that people want to link to. Make it really high quality content that answers your audience's questions. And then find people either in your industry or in related industries who are kind of serving either your audience or a similar audience and reach out to them and say, hey, I have this new blog post. You might want to include it in your your content about XYZ. You can use a, I use a browser extension called Check My Links, where I can look at influencers' websites and uh, see if they have any broken links on there. So I can reach out and say, hey, I noticed you happen to have a broken link on this page. I just happen to have a new blog post that covers a similar topic. Maybe you want to replace that broken link with a link to my blog post. So that's one way to get backlinks. Right. There's, there's like a million ways to get backlinks. 
of my favorites is to kind of like start from the very simple stuff and work your way out from there, you know, kind of cover all your bases. You know, there's your citation websites like your Yelp and, you know, MapQuest and Yellow Pages and Dex and all these, right? And you can usually use a service for that stuff. Yeah, I mean, we use a service. Even if our client is getting us to do it, we just essentially pick the service and, and put all the information in for them. And you can get all your citations done, get a couple hundred backlinks under your belt. It's a great way to kind of get the ball rolling, especially good for local stuff. And then I think the next step after that is usually trying to find other people you already know. For example, you mentioned earlier an attorney. Let's say that they're a defense attorney. You know, they probably work with a family attorney, right, who they trade clients with. You know, if if somebody is getting a divorce and then in the course of their divorce committed a crime, they would need a family attorney and a divorce attorney. So those two attorneys would work together. What they could do is say, oh, well, you link on your website to mine and I'll link on my website to yours and we'll kind of do a link exchange. And that's an easy way to get backlinks. Also, your um, local groups, charity benefits and stuff like that. So say somebody's going to have a charity auction, you can donate an item or something or some money or whatever to a charity auction and they'll link back to your website as a sponsor. You can get it through the PTA at the school, uh, your local chamber of commerce, all those ones are kind of low hanging fruit in the link world. Yeah, the chamber of commerce is great because they tend to have very high domain authority. Google likes those websites. So take advantage of that. Yeah. And I mean, it's something that you can just buy, right? Even if you're not a member of the chamber, which I think everyone should be. And that's a whole nother conversation. But I think for us to join our local chamber of commerce was like, $230 or something like, and we got the benefit of all the stuff that they offer. Plus we get the link. So anyway, those are just a few ways to get links. And you mentioned the acronym EAT in your book. I did. Yeah. So it's expertise, authoritativeness, and trustworthiness. For those of you who are not aware, why do you think those are the things that are important to Google right now? Because again, Google is trying to direct people to content that is valuable and accurate and answers their questions. So if you can convince Google that you have the accurate, valuable information, then they're going to be more likely to direct people your way. And the way to convince them is to convince them that you are an expert and authority in your industry and that you're trustworthy. Sure. You know, I was just doing a presentation the other day about Web3 stuff. And one of the biggest things that we we're talking about for businesses, and I was talking about this with Mark Schaefer when we were at CEX a couple weeks ago, it's that there's so much fake content coming out, right? You've got AI systems that can automatically write and post articles without any human intervention at all. They're not great, but they're, let's call them passable, <laughs> you know, in most cases. There is deep fake audio and video where people can make videos at scale by pumping content into a spreadsheet and having video speak it, right? There's all these things that can automatically generate content. And I think that the only way to compete with that stuff is to build your personal brand and have a voice that people understand, that they can recognize. And I know you talked in your book about you know, kind of your brand voice. 
And I think this, these things are kind of new problems, right? These are things that the world has never had before, right? A piece of software, there's one called, I think it's called Deep AI. I don't know. I saw it on AppSumo like two days ago. And it's a program, literally, you could record a video of yourself or someone else. I'm not saying that anyone's going to do that, but it's definitely possible. And you can just give it a spreadsheet full of text and it will generate all the videos and send them to you. And that is something that wasn't possible six months ago, right? So the only way I think to come out on top in this world of endless fake content is to be real. And I hate to use the word authentic because it's so overused, but you know, real and authentic and have a brand voice. Do you want to maybe talk a little bit about like, how can somebody kind of determine what their voice and their brand should be? Yeah. So it's, it comes down to, uh, for my clients, I focus on the words that you want to use in your content, as well as the words you don't want to use. So I have, for example, a client who uses words like super and fun and awesome. And there are some people who would want to sound more professional than that. But she that's part of her brand. She wants to be perceived as being very approachable and very real and down to earth. So she includes those words when she's talking to her clients, when she's giving presentations. So I include those words in the content I write for her. But she's also never going to swear in any of her content. So I don't swear in any of the content that I write for her, right? So then you want to look at what your what your competitors are doing because you don't want to get lost in the crowd. You want to make sure that you sound like you, like your brand. Because if you sound like your competitors, then you're you're just another face in the crowd. You're not standing out. So look at some of the unique words that they're using throughout their content and define what you're not going to do. Not that you should just automatically do the opposite of what you're you're. Comp- competition is doing, but keep an eye out for what's going to help you stand out. Yeah, I think one thing that's really interesting about that kind of AI based content is it AIs are not good at swearing, for one thing. They're really <laughs> bad at euphemisms. They're not good at metaphors, right? And a lot of people seem to say, well, I am going to write like a professional and I am not going to use euphemisms, swearing, any kind of like localized terminology. It's going to be very dry, right? And I think that computers are excellent at creating dry content. What they're not good at is stuff that has, you know, hidden meaning, read between the lines, euphemisms, metaphors, things like that. And I think all of that stuff is going to be in, you know, inevitably that stuff is going to rank better because the way that Google's system is designed, eventually it's going to sort itself out. So I don't want to get too into the weeds on, on how SEO works from Google's side. But one thing that's really interesting is that almost no one at Google knows how search works at this point because the AI system has trained itself and they essentially pull the levers and say, these are the things we want you to look for, Mr. AI, to find out what is important. And then it goes out and takes billions of examples 
and sorts through those and all all the data from when users go and their bounce rate and how long they read content for compared to the length of the content and how often do they reference it and backlinks and all of this all of these things get taken to, into account and it essentially determines what is the best answer to the question that someone put in and then what's the second best answer what's the third best answer and i think eventually content that has personality is going to win but it's going to take a while for the AI to figure it out. So I think having that personality, like you said, of, you know, how do you speak and how do you talk? I think it's going to be super valuable to people. And I think it's going to essentially change the way that that writing is handled with SEO. Yeah, absolutely. Because, yeah, people want to engage with content that has personality. No one no one wants to read that dry, boring, written by a computer content. So they're not going to read it. Yeah, and they have something called natural language processing. So even if you use weird terminology and stuff, Google's algorithm can understand kind of the meaning of it. Yeah, Google's um, getting better about that. Yeah. And I think, you know, just like you can say weird stuff to your Alexa and it still understands what you're saying if you have one of those or a smart speaker, you know. I have a six-year-old daughter and she will try a hundred different ways to say something to Alexa. And she's essentially just training the system, all the different ways you can say something to get the result. Right. Yeah, that's true. And so the natural language processors are getting better by the day and they're going to understand what you mean. And I think localization of language is also going to be important. That's something that people don't really talk about in the SEO world yet. You know, if somebody on the East Coast or, you know, in Chicago, they have different ways of saying things than somebody who's, say, on the West Coast, right? And so you have a certain vernacular that comes with your region. So I don't want to get too long into, uh, too long, too deep into the weeds on any of this stuff because, I mean, there's so much there. But the nice part is getting started at content marketing it's still probably one of, if not the most valuable tool in your toolbox to get people that you don't know to come to your business. Absolutely. So if somebody does want to get started, how can they get your book and how can they get more information? So the book is on Amazon. It is called, as you said, Content Marketing Made Easy by me, Allison Verhalen. You can find a link to the book as well as more information on my website, AV, as in Allison Verhalen, avwritingservices.com. And if you go to that website slash content marketing book, you can find not only a link to the book, but there's also a link to a free PDF download that is a workbook to go along with the book. So you can do things like create your own brand voice and your own content calendar as you're going through the book. Perfect. Uh, Allison, thank you so much for coming on to share your book with us and your knowledge. And uh, I really appreciate it. I think it's going to help people a lot. All right. Thanks so much for having me. This has been Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. For notes and a transcript of this episode, go to hookseo.com forward slash podcast. Join us next week as we dive into more tips and ideas to grow your business. Digital Marketing Masters is brought to you by Hook SEO Digital Marketing. Our show is produced by Matthew Rouse and Scott Burson. Mixed and edited by Silent Outburst Productions. I'm your announcer, Daniel D. Craig. We would love to hear your thoughts. Please leave us an honest review with your podcast provider. Your reviews help us help more business leaders just like you.